Good morning. We're moving now through 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in our journey through Corinthians. Verse 1 says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. So first of all, Paul is talking to us about reminding us. And we need to have that same reminder. And as Paul is reminding the Corinthians that they're called, that they're chosen, and that they're cherished by Christ, many times we need to have that same type of reminder. But how does that play out in the real world? In a world where there seems to be so much violence, so much cruelty. Well, the life of John P. Perkins gives us a good example of that. He, his book, Let Justice Roll Down, is a book that kind of goes through and describes the response that we need to have when we're called, chosen, and cherished by Christ, even to violence and oppression. He was born in 1930, and his family was very poor. And of course, in the South, they lived in an area that had a great deal of restrictions and oppressions for black families. His mother died of starvation when he was only seven months old. And later in life, he had an older brother who was killed by a policeman when he was being beat by a blackjack, he grabbed for the blackjack and ended up getting killed. So he developed, at a fairly young age, sort of a hatred for whites. And he didn't have any faith. But he became a Christian. And he felt that he was called to help the poor. And so that's what he went about doing. And in the South where he lived, the majority of the poor were black. But he got this call about a family that was in dire need. And so, as usual, John went to meet with the family to try and address the need. And when he met with the family, he was shocked. They were white. They were poor and very dire need, but they were white. So he had this little bit of turmoil going on in his mind, you know, that he felt he was called to help the black poor. And now here's a white family. And then he got to thinking about Christ and how Christ and, of course, Paul emphasizes that in Corinthians. doesn't have any divisions based on education, race, or any other guidelines. So he went ahead and helped his family. But he took his stand for justice. But because he was a Christian, he refused to use any violence. And he advocated that resisting. We had to take a stand, as Paul's talking about. Because of the gospel, we need to take a stand. And he took a stand for justice. In fact, in 1970, he was almost beat to death by police because of his stand for justice and trying to eliminate laws that oppressed the black and discriminated. But he remained a man of peace. And this is what he said when he is coming towards the final days of his life. Repentance is the only way back to God. And unless you repent, you will all perish. So he was echoing what Paul echoed in the gospel. He was reminding us that we're called and that we're chosen and that we're saved. Saved by grace. We need to hold firm unto that so that we don't believe in vain. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 talks about that very fact how that we're saved by grace, that it's a gift. It's nothing that we can do ourselves, so we can't boast about how good we are. Because, of course, we aren't good. 
Only God is good. But what does Paul talk about when he talks about not believing in vain? In another book that we've been using in Sunday school, in fact, we finished that, A Search for Significance by Robert McGee, he talks about a lot of different ways that we believe in vain. And he comes up with these false beliefs that we develop in our, in our minds based on our experiences in life. And he just lists some common ones. And I'm only going to talk about four of them this morning. The first one is about performance, that we must meet certain standards to feel good about ourselves. In fact, to feel good about other people, they have to meet our certain standards. The second thing is we must have the approval of others if we're going to feel good. The third false belief is if I fail, I'm not worthy of love, and I deserve to be punished. And the fourth false belief is I just, I am what I am. I just can't change. Nikki Gumbel in a devotional that I read each day says this. To be fully committed with all your heart means 100% commitment. It means seeking to do all the Lord calls you to do. It means rooting out anything that is bad. He goes on to say about the gospel message that Paul is talking about, it's a very simple message, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, and that the penalty for sin has been paid, and the power of sin is broken, and that one day, even the presence of sin will be reversed. Nikki Gumbos goes on to say that our faith is not irrational. It's grounded on the events of the resurrection. And Paul, in Corinthians, he starts talking about that. He talks about how that Christ appeared to various eyewitnesses, first to Peter, then to James, then to the 12 apostles, then to 500 people at one time, and then last of all, to Paul. Nikki Gumbel points out this is not an exhaustive list, but it's certainly enough to show that our belief is rational, that it's well attested to, and that he shows that the resurrection is rooted in history. But you may come across people that are not impressed by history. In fact, you may come across people that are not impressed by facts. They don't want facts to mess up their opinion. And so that's why, as we've talked about sharing your testimony, that's so important, especially in this me culture that we live in. People can't really argue about your personal experience. Maybe they haven't experienced it, but that's why, as Pastor Robert has talked about, one of the most powerful things you can do is share how you encountered Christ what your life was like before you encountered Christ, and then what changed. Paul goes on to talk about how Christ appeared to him personally, and that because of his past, his persecution of the church, he doesn't even deserve to be called an apostle. But by God's grace, it had an effect on him. And that effect was for him to continue to share that gospel because he recognized how much God cherished him. Ephesians 2.10 talks about, in the New Living Translation, how we are God's masterpiece, and that God has created works, good works for us to do in advance. And because of his cherishing us, he has a plan for us, a purpose for us. Again, Nucky Gumbo puts it this way. Have you ever felt God's love for you? Do you know how deep down that God loves you? 
more than any parent loves their own child? Have you experienced this love being poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit? Again, in the book Search for Significance, Robert McGee points out, when we trust Christ and experience new life and forgiveness and God's love, our life begins to change. Ephesians 4, 22 through 22 talks about us putting on a new self to be in the likeness of God. And Robert McGee goes on to say we're marvelously unique, created to reflect the character of Christ through our individualistic personality and behavior. In a different and special way, each believer has the capability to shine forth the light of God. No two will reflect the light exactly the same. But he also goes to point out that many times we doubt that. And so the grace that God has given to rescue us doesn't always have the effect because we listen to the lies of Satan. And we have to recognize whose opinion matters. Does our opinion of ourselves? Does other people's opinion of ourselves? Or is it God's opinion that really matters? McGee in his book points out, when we choose to believe God's word, your emotions may not follow immediately. But does that mean you're not trusting God? No. Faith is often exercised in the context of a struggle, in the midst of conflicting thoughts and emotions. When we trust God, we will experience many obstacles to our faith. But placing our trust in his word and not his feelings is what will see us through. Philippians 1.6 emphasizes that same concept. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So Paul's reminding us of the gospel, the gospel that on which we need to take our stand. He's reminding us that we're called that were chosen, and that were cherished. And because of that, we can take a stand on the gospel, a stand for justice, a stand for mercy, and a stand for compassion, even when our emotions aren't tagging along. We can stand on the word of God and do what we're called, chosen to do. If you would join me in prayer. Father, I thank you that you've called us, that you've chosen us, and we can't even comprehend how much you cherish us. Let your love be reflected in a way that draws others to your love. In Jesus' name, amen.